0: Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley.
1: I'm Stephen Hilger. Brendan, we did it. Uh, We we fell under the atlas-adjacent weight of peer pressure... (laughs) Uh-huh. And we got Cuphead for the Switch. Yeah, and we have both, both been playing it. it. Yeah. I was just saying this to you uh, off the show, but I feel like it's been a long time since we have both played the same game. Maybe ever. I don't know, like when was the last time th- maybe like Octopath, in like, the very beginning. Yeah. and Sekiro. But oh, it's yeah. been it's been at least a few weeks since you and I have been playing the same thing. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk about this with you and and have us both know what's going on.
0: Yeah. Cuphead's a weird thing cuz like so it just got Not just, but I think a couple weeks ago got re released for the Switch. It was an Xbox exclusive for a long time. But I was just like trying to think about where Cuphead came from. And like Cuphead was a game that was shown, I think, in like a montage of like indie Xbox games. They were like, this is stuff that's coming to the Xbox eventually. And there were like maybe five seconds of Cuphead in that montage. And everyone on Earth was like, Hold the fucking phone. What was that (laughs) thing? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Rewind, rewind. I remember
1: people like sharing videos of like, there's this game that like takes retro to a whole new meaning. I'm like, oh. Yeah. But. I hate videos like that. But they were right. It was really cool retro style animation that people couldn't forget about. And then I think the game didn't actually come out until like three years later. Yeah. Because it it took
0: forever for them to do that. I I can't imagine. Every frame is like literally hand drawn in the way that they did it in like the 30s. Yeah. I mean,
1: all the backgrounds are like watercolor paintings, basically. Yeah. And never mind making a, a very like intense laser focused game inside of that right it's like in movies they say to never work with like water or uh whatever it's like i feel like in games like don't make betty boop-esque animation <laughs> <laughs> it will take forever trust me i know everyone's trying to do this <laughs> i guess it's a bit about cup in case anyone doesn't know oh yeah uh, like brendan said it was an xbox exclusive i think it came out in 2017 it was also on pc um and then it was ported to mac last year uh that's when i picked it up initially but i just found it was hard to play with, like, on my MacBook keyboard. Yeah. And then now it is on the Switch, uh, which feels like, often, as games do on the Switch, the right place for it to be.
0: I feel like every game, once it's on Switch, it's like, oh, yeah, this was made for Switch. (laughs) And, like, I think that says more about the Switch than it does about video games on the Switch in general. It's just, like, such a good piece of hardware, but I agree with you.
1: Yeah, so, and Cuphead is basically, the style of animation is very much... Inspired by, like, Steamboat Willie and, like, really old school uh, American animation from, like, the 30s and 40s.
0: Yeah. And And all of the baggage that comes with that and, like, seems to be leaning into it thematically also.
1: Yeah. uh, Well, what do you mean by that exactly?
0: I mean, that, that was a time where animation was, like, it got, like, so, like, raunchy and kind of fucked up. Uh, then, yeah I mean and eventually that's and that's had to start getting like there was like government oversight you know
1: <laughs> yeah that's kind of the the sort of elephant in the room with choosing to kind of emulate that style of animation is like you watch any of that stuff and like it is horrifically racist yeah uh, exactly and I've seen a lot of articles about cuphead in that keeping that in mind where it's like obviously cuphead doesn't kind of dive into that territory nor yeah. chooses to like show it at all and obviously like nor should they but then it's sort of like oh well this game is basically like an homage to that but you're ignoring kind of the awful side of it yeah and that's a big conversation i definitely like to hear more opinions on that for me i don't i I think that the game definitely consciously chose to not emulate the awful side of that era right and i think that like i don't think that the game should be I don't know. It's it's tricky. It's 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 something that I actually like struggle with while playing it, because um, I, I enjoy so much of that, like the style of talking and the the big band music and all that stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm just sort of like I know that for me this means something very different than someone else who might be like. There's a reason I don't watch this shit. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. I I don't really know if anyone has kind of uh chosen to avoid Cuphead because of that, but I think it's definitely I'm glad you brought it up because was something that I that I was hoping we could at least touch on. Um and obviously like I don't really have like an answer or takeaway, but I think it's important to at least acknowledge that. And I guess the the fault of the game is like does the game acknowledge that when they chose to really dive into this era so closely? Right.
0: Yeah especially especially I think like thematically leaning like this is a game that looks like a fun happy cartoon right and like I wouldn't be surprised if parents have bought this game for their children assuming sure. that it is that and then the yeah. first thing that happens is the the main protagonists Cuphead and Mugman are playing craps in a casino and they sell their soul to the devil, you know, like that's the first thing that happens, yeah. And then, when you and start then the game. They,
1: they owe the devil souls, which are all the boss fights. So, basically, right. the devil's like, You can repay your debt if you kill all these people, right? <laughs> but then later, uh, the old kettle who's like their grandpa, I their guess? dad, I don't know, I, I their don't dad? know. <laughs> he's just sort of like a good cup, anyway. Yeah. He's like, You're getting strong enough that like you could take out the devil, you eventually. could kill the yeah.
0: devil, yeah. I literally just saw that this morning, that was yeah. like, as far as okay. I've gotten.
1: But yeah, I think I think you're right in terms of like what they are choosing to emulate is the style of animation, the music, and the kind of like thematic sucker punch that kind of cuts against the happy visuals of like right the sort of like horrific stuff happening that isn't isn't the stuff that horrific meaning like selling your soul to the devil, not like the paralyzingly problematic shit that is in right. every single one of those cartoons. Exactly. All that to say, the animation is stunning. Like it is really well done.
0: Yeah. I find it hard to talk about this game without like leaning into 2006 era game crit conversation where it's like art a plus, <laughs> sound a game plus, gameplay you know like. <laughs> no,
1: I, I, I totally agree, but it's kind of segmented in that way, so it's hard not to. Right. I hate how I, I'm always the one that stumbles into like PC Magazine rhetoric, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> the art is unbelievable, wow, <laughs> you know. But, um, but I mean, it's it's true, like the. Yeah this game's animation is is beautiful and like um especially i especially was taken aback by the the backgrounds you know which are almost easy to overlook because of like all the chaos that's happening right but the the backgrounds are these beautiful watercolors and never mind the kind of like super mario worlds overworld where you're like walking around going to different levels like yeah That's fantastic, and the music is unreal. Like the, I actually when I got on Mac, I like got the version that came with the entire soundtrack.
0: Oh, nice!
1: So I'd highly recommend whether you play this handheld or uh, on your computer or on the Switch docked and docked in the TV. Whatever gives you the best audio experience, I think, is the way I would play this. Yeah, and and the actual game is 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 about ninety percent boss battles. So kind of like. Mega Man meets like a bullet hell. I guess people have made the Dark Souls comparison just because of like the difficulty. Definitely not Dark Souls really in any other way.
0: I, I would argue that it is very Dark Souls or like it is very much akin to what Dark Souls was trying to emulate in the in the like pattern recognition kind oh, of yeah, side of things. Sure. Where like yeah. it re- like the at least the boss fights are very much just like understanding what animation leads to what attack and, and then dying against that repeatedly until you have mastered it or learned every single potential animation that leads to an attack and like how to avoid all of them. And then only once you've mastered every single one along the way, do you beat the boss.
1: Yeah. And something the game does that is both helpful and sometimes infuriating is whenever you die, you it shows a progress bar of how close you were to beating them. Oh my God, uh, yeah. And then whatever phase the boss is in, it's like a still of their face and some quote, like, uh, oh, you, you went for broken, you went broke. Or something from, like, yeah. the frogs. What was is... the one I sent you? Oh,
0: I'm a blimp and you're a wimp.
1: Yeah, that's my epitaph. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I think the thing that stood out to me when I first played it was the fact that, like, the game is the boss fights. In, the, in this sort of hub world walking around, like you can go to different levels that are boss fights and it will say like who the boss is and like the location you're fighting. Yeah. There are some what they call run and gun uh, levels where like it is a side scroller mm-hmm. that, you know, there, there are enemies and like it's kind of more of a platformer in that way. I find those to be the weakest element of the game. Like I don't really enjoy them.
0: Yeah, they're like very okay. They really just exist to give you coins that you can spend at a shop to like buy upgrades for yourself.
1: Right. And and the upgrades are kind of trade-offs so where like uh it might make you like one gives you an extra you get 3 hits and you die. One gives you like an extra HP, but your your attacks are weaker. Right, there's a strange pig with an eye patch who sells you stuff who's like unbelievably good. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, he's great. Pork Rind is his name.
1: There are some like uh, mausoleums. I think is that like where it's like a room for the dead.
0: Yeah, so the mausoleums work in such a way where there's like an urn on a platform and then there's a bunch of ghosts that are trying to get that urn or they're trying to like, I think, capture it. I don't really know what's going on there because there was no tutorial. I just went into it and and started doing it. But you have to... Oh. When you jump in the air, you can press jump again and you'll do like a move that they call a parry. So anything that's pink that's... Like throughout the whole game, anything that's pink you can parry off of. And when you're in the mausoleums, all of the ghosts are pink so you have to parry off all the ghosts to kill them before they hit the urn in the middle of the room. Um, And when you beat the mausoleums, that's how you get superpowers, which I think you can only use once you've filled up your super meter. There's like so many, it's weird how many little tiny mechanics are in this game. I was watching a, a Let's Play of this game like, I think a year or maybe two years ago. And they brought up a really great point that I keep thinking about whenever I'm playing it, which is like all of the mechanics are taken from fighting games and they're like called the same thing that they're called in fighting games, like parry and EX moves and super meters. Like all that stuff is fighting game adjacent, but it is very much like a platformer, like a contra kind of thing. It's very strange. Yeah,
1: it is. Uh, The tutorial for the mausoleum, by the way, was if you talk to the fish who is fishing outside, she tells you what to do. Oh, okay. You know, you gotta stop and sell the roses sometimes. Yeah. And then you're totally. just heading right to the mausoleum every day. Uh, yeah. But classic Brendan. Yeah, move. so I think if if I had to critique anything for the game, it, it is that it's basically all boss fights. I, I appreciate that they kind of just sort of laser focus on what the game is trying to provide. Um, but I think something that like, you know, to draw a comparison to Dark Souls, the roads between the bosses are so kind of like Vacant in a sense of purpose that can veer between like kind of weird, relaxing moments of peace, like by the sunset with mm-hmm. it's So kind of moments of like that feel very dour and desolate. And when you encounter a boss, there's almost the sense of relief. I'm like, oh my God, okay. I know what I'm supposed to do here. I have a sense of purpose. There's a concrete yeah. objective. Um, and then of course, you know, you die a million times and and uh you get sick of seeing this boss until you have that moment of victory. Yeah. But I think the road there makes this encounter so much more like sacred in a weird way. Mm, yeah. Whereas in Cuphead, jumping right to the boss every time, it almost... I mean, you literally are given a checklist by the devil of like enemies to defeat. So yeah. like, I don't know what the game would have done instead. I mean, I don't really think that... Based on how the run-and-gun segments play, I don't think the game would be better if it was like... A side scrolling platformer with those bosses at the end. Yeah. But I wonder if it's missing something because it is just a bunch of boss fights.
0: Yeah. This is a game that the more I play, the more I want a sequel to it in a weird way. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if they were to take this exact game, look at it like really critically and say like what worked and what didn't, pair back the stuff that didn't work and like maybe add a couple things. Like a more a more refined and also simultaneously like slightly expanded sequel, I think would be great. And I know how much work that is. Like I, I sure, I very much understand that that's like a five to eight year endeavor to like make something like that. <laughs> but right. as, as much as I am enjoying some of this game, I do feel like there are certain things just like mechanically that could be refined and could be made better. I I started playing this game and texted you basically immediately. I was like oops, I think I hate it. Like I think I <laughs> I love the art and I love the sound design. Like it's all fucking perfect. There's an analog hiss going the entire time. Even the loading screen has like the, the microfibers on the like uh, lithograph film projector. Like it's, it's brilliant. That stuff is brilliant. But the yeah. first moment, cause I, I knew what this game was for the most part, but like sitting down and playing it and having that aha moment that oh, this game is just boss fights where I just have to learn patterns and then by the time I've learned the pattern, that's it and I'm through the boss. Like that realization for me was a huge turnoff. I was just like, I don't I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I like if I want to just put myself through an extremely frustrating time learning patterns just so I can see what the next boss looks like. Because that's that's the inherent joy of the game to me is is visually seeing yeah. what this team has done, because creatively, every boss is fucking amazing. Every oh, single yeah. one. From their first form that you first meet all the way through all their different phases to the last form, like every single one is a journey and it is like a a weird storytelling situation just in these boss fights and it rules. But like, is that enough to put up with the extremely antagonistic and frustrating experience of dying over and over again because I didn't know what was coming? You know, like is sitting there and saying, I'm going to fight this thing and I'm going to die 15 times so I can learn all the patterns along the way so I can kill this thing and see the next thing. Is that enough of a, of a loop? That I want to invest my time in because, like, at the end of the day, it's a time thing. Also, like, I have a limited amount of time that I can play video games every week. Right, is dying fifteen times against one boss like a a fun way to spend my time? It's not
1: really. (laughs) I mean, you could you could definitely say the same for like literally the entire Dark Souls series. uh, And but there is,
0: but as you're saying, like as you were talking about, there are inherent other things in those games that keep you coming through, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, the slow drip of lore in those games is what keeps me going. Like right, the right. that journey in between from boss to boss that you're talking about where like it could be a very subtle and like calming experience. It could be like a high intensity, like terrifying fight against like 58 different enemies on the way from one boss to another. Like that kind of variety is what keeps me coming back. And that understanding that I'm getting better at the game as a whole by playing it, I think is really powerful. Whereas in Cuphead, you're not getting better at playing the game as a whole. You're getting better at fighting each boss specifically. And then you move yeah, on no, to the I, next I one see and then point. you suck again. Yeah. <laughs> and that I, I that, think, reali- I mean, yeah. that realization in the first like half hour of playing this game was like, I think... I think I hate this. Like, I think that, like, mechanically, I don't want to, like, I don't want to engage with this gameplay, and I don't think that this is a rewarding enough loop to keep me going. But here I am now, I think maybe four to five hours in the game, and it rules, and I can't stop playing it. Um, And in all my free time, I'm thinking about playing Cuphead. So, like, it did end up paying off. It did end up working out for me. I am really enjoying fighting all of these bosses in a way that I didn't think I was going to but I did have that first like immediate bounce off and then I forced myself to sit down and keep playing it and I just find it to be like I find that I'm not I'm not being pulled through the game via anything that the game is doing I'm literally doing it just to prove to myself that I can do it and like <laughs> that's and that's th- kind of
1: yeah i sorry cut you off there but that is yeah. kind of that kind of i'm going to prove myself that i can do it is very much a common thing with retro games yes absolutely i think that this you know we you mentioned contra and like i mentioned mega man like there there is really like everything about this game is kind of retro in that sense yeah to the to the point of of like retro games being notoriously difficult mostly i mean i think back in the day it was because like we didn't really have a stronger idea of game design. So some games are hard because they're just not well made. And, and a lot really...
0: of games were hard in that era specifically to get you to spend more money at the arcade. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They were literally
0: made to be so difficult that you needed to spend like $50 to be able to like have enough life to get through it.
1: Right. But but as a result of that, you have this like unconscious notion of like, I know that the ending of House of the Dead 2 is not going to be a cathartic experience. <laughs> but I, but yeah. my dad and I have paid $40 in this gross ass booth in South Jersey and we have to defeat Absolutely, yeah. this Hydra in the basement of a mansion mm-hmm. so I think that uh I, I definitely see your point and I think I, I going back to like I, I think the like uh, I don't have the time I'm not enjoying losing over and over again is something that happens with with bosses and moments in Sekiro and the Soulsborne trilogy but I think you're right in that there's so much more to go to that game for because it's yeah. such a rich story and such a, such a good experience outside of that. And that's where I think, uh is a whole other conversation, but the argument of making those games more accessible and having a difficulty mode where you could play on an easier thing, I think would be the move because there's so much, like people want to see that from it and yes. not have to put up with the other thing. Whereas Cuphead is just hardship, right. <laughs> like you said. I think, though, that in terms of you saying like you're not getting better at it, I think that, that it is the feeling for the first, like, island of bosses because they are teaching you a lot of very different like each boss is teaching you a different thing so the frogs there are these two like boxer frogs who eventually turn into a slot machine because of course Didn't (laughs) didn't see that coming yeah uh but those that boss teaches you like kind of like how to keep shooting while jumping and ducking Uh, I mean, it's no coincidence Mm -hmm. they're frogs because of that. You're constantly hopping around to that fight. Yeah. Also, just the way the fights work is you're basically just holding attack and dodging it. It's almost more of a defensive thing than like waiting for the right moment to strike. So the bosses tend to play out like their own little stories. Like you said, if you're avoiding everything, you're just seeing, you're just kind of experiencing the joy of the music and the animation. Yeah. And then finally it's over and you're like, oh, I, you know, I got through it. Mm -hmm. But I think... Once, once they teach you, like, how flying in an airplane works, how parrying works, playing around with different kinds of platforming and, like, platforms in a level, then I think the bosses just sort of start to add on top of that. I do think, though, that there are some fights eventually where, like, it is just, like, I didn't have the foresight to know that that was going to happen. So I have to die at least once. Right. To like know that. But I I think the saving grace of that is like how fast the fights are and how quickly you can jump back in.
0: Right. Like you can spend 20 to 30 minutes fighting one boss. But at the end of the day, if you were to not die at all and not take any hits, that boss would probably only take about
1: two minutes total. Tops. Yeah. Yeah. Like every Uh, boss, like
0: really from beginning to end, is like a
1: two minute experience. Who has been your favorite boss fight so far?
0: Um, I really, really enjoyed the, um. there's like a flower that you have to fight in a garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The flower is great. And and I think the, the many phases of that boss were like really both fascinating and rewarding. Like that was the first one where it was like, I can feel myself learning how to play this game and I can feel myself getting better at it by fighting this boss specifically. All of the other ones I felt like, like meh. Like I, flower, I love I yeah. love the design and the music of every like I just want that to be very clear like I don't sure, yeah. I don't hate this game anymore. I I am enjoying a lot of what I'm doing in it, but the flower boss was like, "Oh, everything has come together in a way that I I oh, yeah. get why people hold this game so high."
1: I agree cuz that that boss fight right away this flower is kind of dancing and yeah. uh There are three platforms and you learn right away that you can only hurt the flower if you're shooting on one of the platforms. Right. And then eventually in the last form, it like shoots its roots through the bottom. So now you can't even go on the floor anymore. You have to stay on the platforms. Yeah. So it's kind of like you can kind of see intuitively and gradually where that fight is going. Whereas, like, you fight Hilda Berg, the Zeppelin, and she just laughs, and you get hit by the haha. and you're like, oh, okay. I didn't yeah, yeah, know that was right. Good <laughs> yeah. I do love that fight, though, because she, like, randomly turns into different signs of the Zodiac, which, like, you know is my thing. Right, yeah. So that was kind of fun. And then just becomes the moon. Unreal. Love it.
0: Right. And shoots uh, spaceships at you.
1: Yeah, I was I, that was a little bit out of left field, but like we were in the sky, so anything's possible. Yeah,
0: it's it's all it's all space. It's all space related, so like whatever. I do
1: like the slime boss too who just becomes a giant tombstone at the end.
0: Oh my god, uh, yeah, it's great. That one was really was really wonderful. It's it's a little like very arrogant slime guy who gets bigger or like he tr- he tries to hit you by like hitting you with his face and then he gets bigger and then like hits you with a big like red boxing glove, you know, very very classic like 30s kind of vibe and then yeah. his third phase is you have killed him but he is his own tombstone and he tries to <laughs> kill you with it yeah which think, is like I hilarious that, like i find myself yeah. i do find myself like laughing at this game oh yeah very frequently because it, it is fucking hilarious but is also just infuriating like i find i i don't know why i keep i guess i i, I understand but like i keep making this the dark souls and, and from soft comparison but like in those games when i beat bosses every once in a while there's a boss where you beat it and it's like fuck you man i i i beat you i hate you and i beat you and then there's other bosses where you beat them and you're like ah i am a god i am i am a golden god and i i am the best at this game and and this is wonderful and like maybe i've died 15 times along the way but like i feel like I have improved by beating the boss, but every once in a while there's that fuck you boss, and I find that in Cuphead every boss is a fuck you boss where I beat it and I say <laughs> out loud in my apartment to nobody, fuck you, I beat you, I hate you, and then I move on to the next thing that I hate. Wow.
1: Then you look in the mirror and you see that you've grown little horns, and you're like, am I the devil? I'm is the that devil. The contract? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I definitely can see that. I. I just. I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad I have it on the Switch because like. I did not enjoy playing it on my MacBook. Yeah. I also, you and I both did this. I would recommend remapping the controls for the uh, yes for the Pro controller or for whatever you're playing it with, because like yeah. it's set up weirdly, where like X is dash and yeah.
0: X being the top button.
1: I set it where the right trigger is the special move and the left trigger is dash, which just works way better. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully, that's an option. But yeah, I I think it's great. I'm glad we succumbed to peer pressure. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah. It's also like. I, I'm in the same boat where like, I can't spend a lot of time playing. And when I do, I want it to be an anxiety-reducing experience. So, like, <laughs> it does take a strange Sunday morning to be like, let's let's get shit on. Let's do it. Yeah, us play Cophead. But it's fun. And I think, like, if nothing else, again, not to dive into the, like, music, 10. Graphics, 10. Yeah. Likeability, 10. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's there's a reason why people were so immediately – Infatuated with this game's visual style, yeah. I do think I, I said this with you, and I, I think that I'm in the same boat where I would really like a sequel. Yeah, I, I feel like as as amazing as the production value is, and as like laser focused as the boss fights are it does feel like it's missing something yeah and it feels a little bit like and i i don't know this is the case i'm not making any accusations but i feel like it was tailor-made for people playing it on streams or let's plays like it feels structured in a way that is conducive for like an audience to watch while someone tests their luck against all these bosses yeah which is cool i mean that's fine it just like for me, just playing on my own, I'm like, I would like a bit. I I think there's room to have, maybe not the side-scrolling platforming elements, but some kind of journey along the way in between bosses to make them feel more rewarding. Yeah. So, that's my Cuphead take. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm pretty much with you. I have said a lot of negative things about this game, but I am playing it and I'm still enjoying it. Uh, I I will mention I I've been playing it like half and half, both on. My TV and in handheld mode, um, I was playing it on the train a lot yesterday, which was great even in handheld mode that game is tight as hell it's interesting having just played katana zero going from that to this and uh if you listened to last week's episode of this podcast I talked a little bit about katana zero and how that game is a like pretty hardcore platformer and like action game but like the controls aren't exactly as tight as they need to be to be that like if you're trying to go for like a hotline Miami thing like you really need the controls to be as tight as possible this game cuphead is as tight as it could possibly be controls scheme wise like it is pixel perfect in a lot of instances which is as infuriating as it can be in a lot of instances (laughs) as well right right there are a lot of moments where it's like how in the fuck did I not hit that thing and it's like well the your little pea shooter gun went like (laughs) literally a pixel too far to the right so you know, it's just learning that kind of stuff, though. It's, it's just, you know, repetition until you until you nail it down. I will say I I was not expecting and I did not know about the different kinds of weapons that you can buy um, from the pork rind shop, but like that variety has has become really interesting i think as far as i've gotten in the game which is just past the first island of bosses i i love the fact that i can equip a bunch of different kinds of weapons and super meters and like my dash that makes me invisible and i don't take damage when i when i do it is like very that one Knight, is, which i love yeah
1: that one is great i, I would I, most of them are like a trade-off but that one just feels like good and that one's <laughs> like a necessity it's like you yeah. have to
0: have that or else you can't play this game yeah
1: yeah so like i have one
0: that is a spread shot it's like it shoots three out simultaneously but it has really short range but it's really high damage so like if i'm close to a boss or if i'm fighting a boss that allows me to be close to it then like that's a great one to use i have another one that is like a homing one where it doesn't matter which way i shoot it will always find its way to the boss or to the closest enemy to that shot which is like great for the ones that are like very platforming intensive, where you're not yeah. always gonna be facing the boss and you just wanna be doing constant damage, but it has really, really low damage, so everything takes longer. It's like that kind of stuff, those kinds of trade-offs I find really interesting. Um yeah, and that's sure. kind of where I found the game to be more rewarding is like, okay, I fought this boss five times, I've died five times, maybe I need to switch out my loadout a little bit to finally like do enough damage or to optimize the amount of time in between phases to get that damage up. And and that stuff is great. It's cool.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a great time. A great slamming end sound. Yeah, there, there, I it said is. it. I did yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, our, uh, we get paid to do that. That's mm-hmm. our, our ad session. Yep. Cuphead, available for the Nintendo Switch. And Xbox One. hmm <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> What was that? I was joking. I feel like we always like dunk on Xbox One sometimes. I was just rolling into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we do, don't we? Well,
1: we had a funeral for it.
0: We did have a funeral for my Xbox One, my third Xbox One. Wow.
1: How have I had three?
0: I don't know. It's a great question.
1: A great ball is a brewing. What else did they say? They say a lot of that kind of stuff.
0: Um, oh yeah, they're, they're all good. Yeah. Anyway, um, Cuphead, check it out. Cuphead, if, check if you are interested in being very frustrated and also, yeah, playing it's a definitely,
1: game. I feel like there's no coincidence that it's, it's a very popular game to watch. Cause like, then you're just getting the, the yeah. audio and visual part of it without the yeah. cardi- cardiac arrest and <laughs> paralyzing anxiety. Uh huh. Yeah. It's a fun time. I think it's only like 20 bucks if that is a appropriate amount for you yeah and yeah it's pretty much on everything now except for ps4 so yep cool cool it's a good time
0: cuphead Cuphead. check it out let's take a break Let's, let's take a break goodbye goodbye hey we're in the break Steven, with the
1: break? Yeah, what's
0: up? Sony has started doing a thing that is like Nintendo Direct adjacent. I've been calling them PlayStation Nintendo Directs, which is like not the official name, um, but yeah. they're called they're called the State of Play, which are just like every once in a while they will do like literally a Nintendo Direct. <laughs> and the most recent one was very interesting where they talked about Medieval, a new I think like platforming game. I didn't really I didn't watch this one, so I don't really know. But the big news was that they also showed a trailer for Final Fantasy 7 the remake, mm-hmm. the thing that yeah. Everybody has uh, wanted for a very long time, knew existed, but had not heard anything about in two years, maybe. Not longer, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: you you send that to me, and I asked you if it was real because you also, you, sent yeah. Me, you literally
0: didn't think it was real. Yeah,
1: you're like you're like it's real, and Crash Bandicoot is not an Apex Legends. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, like that that has been something that has kind of been talked about since the game like came out even i mean like yeah. there were plans to do it on ps2 <laughs> literally the the e3 where ps3 was announced the like teaser trailer they they showed to show off ps3's capabilities was a like hd <laughs> remaster of the ff7 intro yeah, of cloud right. jumping off the train people flipped out and since then it's just been like I mean, someone, uh, there was a funny tweet. Someone tweeted like, Sony showing us FF7 remake footage, then fucking off for another three years. And it was the scene where Sephiroth just throws materia at Cloud and flies <laughs> away. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it. That is
0: simultaneously like the Kingdom Hearts three, like alongside Kingdom Hearts three, oh, yeah. like Final Fantasy seven
1: was also Kingdom Hearts three. If you know, yeah, what you mean yeah, by yeah. That. No, I, 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 there, this is a very apt comparison because it's, it's something that like, uh, he, here's the thing. I, I don't really need it to be remade. I, I think I have enough love for the game and like it exists that like I'm happy. I'm also very happy for them to remake it and just to see whatever it is i mean i think a lot of people are going in with very and i mean rightfully so it's a game that means a lot to a lot of people but i've seen a lot of people being like how dare they make this not turn-based or you know right. like how dare uh all this i mean it's like it's a remake it's been decades like you have to expect them to change it up a little bit yeah and honestly
0: <laughs> and- like i'm Let me be like perfectly frank. I'm never gonna go back and play the original Final Fantasy VII. Like I miss that boat. Like I'm not gonna go back and play that. This is a thing like with actual like real time action combat. Like that is a thing that I would like to play. I would love to finally understand that story that everybody has talked about for years and years and years. And and and, like become enamored with those characters in a way that feels like fresh and modern and 2019. Like I want that experience. Uh, I am the target audience is what
1: I'm saying a few things to say there you I understand I completely agree and I understand where you're coming from but you saying the phrase I will never play Final (laughs) Fantasy 7 was a little bit like daggers in my chest and but I just now know I saw you shut down down when I said that I have I have closure The, the 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 curtain has closed on that stage of my life that I was waiting to be cast on <laughs> it's okay i understand i know like for real i uh no it's fine <laughs> it's fine i get it it's fine it's like, no it's just my analogies it's just so a real season um yeah it looks it looks cool like i like the real-time combat as well i'm interested in seeing how that plays like i like how everyone looks like i think uh like, they only showed Barrett, Cloud, Eris, or Aerith, and some of the members of Avalanche, and everyone looks really cool. I mean, yeah. I think, like...
0: It looks like Advent Children turned into a video game, which, like,
1: yeah, give me that. I yeah, love that. I, um, I've never seen Advent Children, ironically, oh. but I know what you mean. It's, I think, like, if they're going to remake it, make it something that everyone can enjoy. Uh, and without like you know, without losing the aspects that make it what it is. So I think having, I mean, the Final Fantasy series in general has moved to a real time combat system yeah so i think that only makes sense and i actually like it doesn't look too like i remember i was watching one of my roommates play f13 and i could not parse what was happening in the mm. battle it was like dynamic change and like some people threw something i just did not understand like what input was leading to what actions yeah it's this like looks a slightly like, more intense kingdom hearts yeah combat. it looks like kind of near automata adjacent where it's like you're running around with a big sword and slashing things yeah Barrett looks like- awesome yeah. The
0: the Final Fantasy game that I've gotten the most into and the one that I've put the most hours into and like did not bounce off of was Final Fantasy 15, which was real time combat, and it literally looks like they just took the Final Fantasy 15 combat and just put that in a high res remake of Final Fantasy 7, and that's the thing I want. That is like yeah. so geared towards me.
1: Well, I'm really excited if that does exactly come out it. this year, which would be unreal if it comes out like at all. Yeah, <laughs> but if that uh-huh. if that ever exists, I I will definitely definitely play it and I think I'm I'm happy to just be going in with like pretty open expectations of like what it is and if it's bad whatever like if it's fun hell yeah and I and I'm just happy that I think it is a cool story and I think like as FFF stands God, I just said as FFF stands. What does that mean? As Ff Seven is, it is very much this like hardened rock from nineteen ninety seven <laughs> that like I love and a lot of people love, but like you didn't play it when you were seven years old, so like of course you're not gonna have the same associations with it. Exactly. But I do think that there's a strong enough story there that y- you can enjoy it in a more presentable yeah. package. But, yeah, I'm excited. It's it looks cool. I I just I have such (laughs) i like will not again just like you said kingdom hearts 3 like i won't believe that game is real until i'm seeing the end credits roll yeah like i will not believe that that is actually coming out until like i have it in my hands and i i see red 13 dressed as a sailor trying to be a human um that's that's my that's my thing
0: i feel like there always has to be one game like that at any given time like it was what was it? It was Duke Nukem Forever for a long time, right? Wasn't
1: that the one? Never. Yeah, I mean I never played those. I didn't really care. No me I either, but like that was the game awful. that everybody always thought was, was like was is waiting this ever for? It, yeah.
0: And then it was The Last Guardian. And then I That's think it right. was simultaneously Final Fantasy 7 and Kingdom Hearts 3 all at once. And like Kingdom Hearts 3 came out apparently. We have played it, I think. We did. Yeah. But uh yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake.
1: I wonder if, like, Death Stranding is the new one of that. Although, I don't even know who's excited for that at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I think... Other people are interested in it, but, like, I don't know if anyone's, like, pumped for it, you know? Yeah.
0: I think... I feel like everybody's excited for that in the same way they're, like... Just so they can, like, put it on their tax return. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) Like one one of the questions on TurboTax is like, "Are you excited for Death Stranding?" And like the only option is yes, so everybody's excited about Death Stranding. Yeah, I mean, you know?
1: I, I've I've never gotten super into the Metal Gear series, but I know people who have, and like I like I'm definitely when that comes out, I will be wanting to pick it up because it just looks so out there and different. Oh yeah, cool. yeah. But yeah, it's it's another game that's like this will never come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the Fo Seven remake. We'll see. Clocks ticking.
0: Yeah, especially knowing that the PS5 is like on the horizon, like they're talking about it. Like there was an interview recently, I forget in what publication, where Mark Cerny, the system architect for PS4, and also like the guy that made Knack and Knack 2, for some reason does all of that. But anyway, like he <laughs> talked about the internal hardware of the PlayStation 5. Like, okay, so any game that's coming that like is announced at E3 this year is probably going to come out for the PlayStation 5 I would imagine. The The phrase Final Fantasy 7.
1: The, the phrase the FF7 remake is coming out on PlayStation 5 sounds fake. Like, it sounds yeah. like, "Oh yeah, wait in line, pal, when the PlayStation." It's like when pigs fly. It's like, "Yeah, yeah when I'm, <laughs> Hey, when I'm fighting Shinra on the PS5, all right?" <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing that voice. Yeah,
0: but like yeah, I, will see, man. I I bought, it looks cool. I'm into it. <laughs> I bought a PlayStation 3 for Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, yeah. and like the Final Fantasy 7 remake was also supposed to come out for the PlayStation 3, and here we are. Like it'll probably come out <laughs> for the PlayStation 5.
1: There's another not not quite as unanimously longed for as the FF7 remake, but there was a proposed sequel to Chrono Cross for a long time. So like Chrono uh, Trigger, yeah, classic game. Chrono Cross was kind of a weird sequel for PS1 that, like, I actually played that one first, so I liked it at the time. It's definitely not as good, but, like, really great soundtrack. Music, 20 out of (laughs) 5. I don't know what that means. Um, But there was going to be a third game in the Chrono series called Chrono Break. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And that was thrown around for a while, and I think, like, a few years ago, like, the copyright for the name just, like, expired and no one said anything, and everyone was like, oh, all right. (laughs) <laughs> oh. i don't even know what it would be though though there was someone who made like a pixel art like intro cutscene of what chrono break would be and that was really awesome
0: but... was that on like newgrounds.com or like
1: <laughs> <laughs> no it came out re- somewhat recently it, it was it was not on new whatever why did i bring this up uh, no it was it was on youtube.com oh i love that site yeah it's great it was not yeah. uh Newgrounds. anyway Let us move on. I hate this conversation. It went to a cursed place. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Brendan, we're back. You broke my heart, but I'm still here. Uh, What are you playing? (sighs) I'm so excited to talk to you about this game. Didn't even bat an eye in the first sentence, but keep going. No. (laughs) Um, I accept my fate. Wow. Okay. Steven,
0: so we talked about a game that you... So Cuphead, you told me. I I said to you. I think I think I sent you a screenshot of the um, "I'm a blimp, you're a wimp," and I was like, "Is this your favorite game of all time?" And you were like, "I think it. I think it's up there. Like I think it might you, be." You.
1: It was a different quote, if you don't mind me correcting you. No, no, please. It was the the pig salesman. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I, just, I have to get the exact quote. This will be. Uh, we can put this in the old timey voice just for fun. Because we actually didn't do that at all for Cuphead. Let me see if it, I can.
0: Yeah, sorry for letting everyone down, listeners.
1: Yeah. It's like we were like skateboarders and we had a circle of in like circle of people around us cheering us on and they are like do an ollie and then we like did a magic trick instead.
0: <laughs> which worth mentioning Randy Pitchford the CEO of uh, Gearbox literally did on stage announcing Borderlands 3 did a magic trick for half an hour instead of announcing Borderlands 3 <laughs> which holy shit uh, let's not get into Randy Pitchford past that but whoa that was one of the wildest press conferences I've ever
1: watched in my whole life. The pig salesman says, uh, You got to equip those new purchases if you want to use them. Look at your equip card, you bums. (laughs) Oh yeah, you bums. Yeah, that
0: that was the reason. But anyway, um, I sent you that and I was like, is this your favorite game ever? And you were like, I think it might be. Like, it's so extremely your jam. I'm playing on the Nintendo Switch a game that I think might actually be your favorite game ever if you want to play it.
1: (laughs) Okay. High praise,
0: and I don't, I don't know if you've played this before. I haven't even mentioned to you that I've been playing this, uh, but I'm playing a game that's called Dragon's Dogma.
1: Oh yeah, I played it. You have? Yeah, I played Dragon's Dogma. Yeah. Holy shit! I'm so excited <laughs> to hear that. My true form, no, I <laughs> uh, I did laugh kind of villainously. Tell me, tell me everything about it and why you think it would be my favorite game ever. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited to hear this. So
0: Dragon's Dogma is a game that I bought completely blind. Like I have just heard a lot of praise about it. I know it came out for the PlayStation 3. I, I, I know that like a lot of people whose opinions I very much respect, a lot of people were just like, this game fucking rules and you gotta check it out. So I bought it, I didn't know anything about it at all really. Only after starting to play it that I start to look up like old podcast episodes where people were talking about it. I started to watch like Let's Plays of it to kind of like get a better idea of what it was. But I played the first like four to five hours with like no guidance whatsoever, just jumping into it. Oh, what wow. I've learned since is that uh, it's the director of the Devil May Cry series working with the team that made Monster Hunter to make what they believed to be an Elder Scrolls game, which is like a yeah, It's dream. basically like
1: the Avengers of Capcom made a game. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is so it is so Monster Hunter at times that like it lit they just lifted the sounds of of inventory management. Like when you pick up a thing off the ground, it makes the literal actual monster hunter sound uh when you pick up a thing and put it in your inventory, which is great. The game is about, ostensibly, I think, going around and fighting huge monsters all over the world, um, but has also a Shadow of the Colossus-esque mechanic where you can climb up these giant beasts to attack them in very specific parts. So like, okay, I'm fighting a lion that also has the body of a goat and and its tail is a snake. So I'm going to climb up onto the snake so I can cut the snake part off of it. Like that shit rules uh, and is wonderful. Anyway, that's like a very small piece of the game. What the game actually is, I think, from what I understand from what i played so far, is you are a person who grew up on like a beachside town, a dragon comes, this is the first 15 minutes of the game, a dragon yeah, comes, flies down to the beach, you pick up a sword to try and attack the dragon, and it's like, fuck no, and then hits you to the ground, and with its claw, rips your heart out, and then eats it, and you don't die, and it's like, holy shit. How did you not die when you got your heart ripped out? Turns out you're a thing called the Arisen. You're the chosen one, and you have to kill this dragon. It's your job to do it because you're the Arisen. That's about as much as I know. What has happened since then is I have traveled around. I fought a Hydra. I I cut off a bunch of Hydra heads. Hell yeah. That's Um, one of
1: the first big bosses, yeah.
0: I, I made a second character that's called a pawn. Yeah, dude where i had to like customize who this person was uh their their like equipment their their vocation you can choose from three vocations it's like a warrior a ranger which is warrior's classic like sword and shield kind of shit a ranger which is like you got a bunch of daggers and and a bow and arrow and then like a mage which you can like heal and like shoot fire and like do a bunch of shit and it seems like eventually once you level this stuff up enough and you have enough uh experience points you can start to like mix those classes together, or double down on the one that you chose uh, and become just like a stronger version of the thing that you chose. And then you get a bunch of skills and stuff. You can mix and match. Very cool. But you choose a vocation for this pawn, uh, and then there's like a a shadow realm where you can hire other pawns that other people have made in this Uh game, and they're (laughs) fucking wild. Because people are like... People are like making... Elsa and Anna from Frozen. <laughs> uh, I I have my pawn. So I'm I'm like a like a jacked like badass kind of like Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones. Hell yeah, warrior. I have a ranger who is like a taller, even more jacked like kind of badass chick whose name is Danvers, and she's a ranger. And then I've also hired a small child with a very deep voice named Monique. who is a mage who heals me. And we're like the fucking wildest motley crew. So like I started playing this game knowing nothing about it, just kind of like running around this world, which is open. The game looks a lot like Dark Souls, but is not Dark Souls. Like it definitely has like really intense combat. There is that element of like at any corner, there might be like 15 bandits hiding behind like a wall and they'll jump out and like fuck you up probably. You will die a lot in this Game, but never, never, never in playing a game have I felt the sense of like adventure and also openness of this game. Like the sense of place in this game is so strong that I didn't realize that the world was open for a long time. Like I was just doing the main quests over and over again, waiting for them to say like, now the world is open and you can do whatever you want. Not realizing that that was an option from Go. I could have just started the game and run off in a direction and done whatever the fuck I wanted. But I was running around in the starting garbage tunic and like shitty equipment that I started with, like a rusty sword and a fucked up shield because I didn't realize that at any moment I could have just run to like a main city, met all the people in the city and like bought some better equipment, equip some skills, changed my vocation, do a bunch of cool shit because I've been so trained by other games to have like five hours of tutorial before all of that stuff starts happening that I just continued to play the game. Now that I know I can do whatever I want Boy, am I doing whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) I just spent the last like hour of this game running around the main like center city, just like looking at everything and talking to every single person because it's nighttime and at nighttime things are terrible in that game. So I just like went to the city and I'm like, I'm just gonna talk to everybody. And it's been great. It's been so fun. I'm learning so much about the world and who I am and what pawns are. It is a fucking joy. And I can't believe I hadn't heard about this game until it got release on the switch
1: so before during the break when you said that you would never play final fantasy 7 it was kind of akin to the dragon being like (laughs) like whatever dead language he's saying (laughs) like, like taking out my heart yeah. My heart has been put back in place because you are glowing my friend. You love Dragon's Dogma. I, love I do. I love Dragon's Dogma. What are you Dogma. what are you playing it on? You said uh PS3.
0: No, I'm playing it on Switch. It's out on it's Switch. On now. Switch? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's out oh on the Nintendo God. Switch. I've been I'm playing it. Pick it up. In both handheld mode and docked. This game in handheld mode is a dream beyond just yeah, being yeah, yeah. like Beyond just being a great port, like it is locked. Like the frame rate is great. The sound is great. All like everything that you would expect from a good port. It also does not drain the battery, like really at all, which is amazing. Cause this That's is awesome. like a full ass open world 3D exploration game and you can play for hours and hours on Switch. It honestly, like a lot of the time, feels like, it is accomplishing the same thing that Breath of the Wild accomplished. It is not, like, a Hayao Miyazaki, like, beautiful expansive like dreamscape it is a little bit more like dour and depressing and medieval and like kind of westernized fantasy kind of vibes but it really does accomplish that same sense of like anything is possible and around any corner there is something new and weird and cool to check out.
1: They really do the Elder Scrolls notion of like you can go anywhere it's a bit more punishing in terms of like some areas are just you're gonna not only die instantly but have a hard time getting out of (laughs) yeah so like <laughs> yeah. It, has, it has that that thing you eventually get an item that you can teleport back to like the hub city anyway, I digress. My experience with this game was literally never hearing about it. um, it came out in twenty twelve and like that to me it came out like pretty soon after Skyrim and Dark Souls, and like mm-hmm. Dark Souls was the sleeper hit of that era. yeah, there was not a lot of room for another sleeper hit in the same kind of like realm, and I right. think I think a lot of people kind of missed. Dragon's Dogma. Um, I think it had a bigger following in Japan. I could be wrong about that, but I I remember reading that somewhere.
0: It is worth noting that recently, um, so first of all, this has now been ported to the Switch, which like, okay, so this game is still alive for some reason, uh, but also they announced that they're going to make an anime based off of the story. Oh, interesting. Gotcha. Of... The first game, which implies that there is going to be a sequel, or like there's a sequel in development, and and the the director whose name I don't know uh, who directed the Devil May Cry series has said like my choices were make another Devil May Cry or make another Dragon's Dogma, and I chose Devil May Cry because I really wanted to make the fifth one, like I had a very specific vision for that. But now that that game is out and done, it seems like they're gearing up to maybe make a sequel to this, which is kind of that'd wild. be great. So I think yeah. this is I think this Switch release is like a revitalization of the franchise, like get people into it.
1: I picked that game up. There's actually a really great Monster Factory episode about Dragon's Dogma. Oh, okay. I'll check and it out. W- one of the pawns is Dr. Phil. It's very funny. That uh, but anyway. rules. Yeah. They're like... Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's, actually one of my favorite Monster Factories, but I digress. I That game looked so interesting just from that silly video that I went to get it it was i mean it was on 360 i got it used for like five dollars it was like nothing amazing yeah and i started playing it and it's a really weird experience because like you said there is that sense of adventure that sense of scale and that sense of freedom that true freedom that like a lot of games fall short of yeah the idea too that like you can fight an enemy kind of any way you want where like you can literally climb on any enemy or like pick them up and throw them that's the monster actor video they make a baseball pitcher who just throws enemies off a cliff constantly that's the (laughs) the running gag (laughs) it's it's wonderful yeah but yeah it's really fun and having the uh, the party of four pawns is like a bizarre but hilarious experience because they constantly give you advice so they'll be like they don't stop talking yes make sure you rest before you go outside. Hello, Arisen. Make sure you use a potion. Make sure you catch a spell before you go outside. It's like it yes. is So it's like having four super egos being like, you should go to sleep today. You should brush your teeth. Hello, yeah. Arisen. What's <laughs> great is that you can actually sit down at like... <laughs> I think it's in the inn. There's a table where you can sit with your pawn by the fireplace and they'd be like, what should I do differently? And you could be like, look, like I want you to talk in a different tone of voice. Yes, and I've done like this. talk Less and so, like you can basically. What I did is I was like, I want you to be more rude. I want you to have a bit more attitude. Out. There. That's awesome. <laughs> so now they're like, I'm gonna fucking it, go. Let's have like whatever. Uh, <laughs> they don't. They don't swear, but like they're yeah. like, yeah, I'm. I'm loving this combat. It's a bizarre game, and also the thing is, like everything about it just screams like traditional ass D and D Western fantasy. Yeah. The the plot gets just buckle up, dude. Because the plot gets. <laughs> bizarre it gets bizarre the quest of having to kill a dragon soon enters like a Kubrickian realm of moral questioning that is so bizarre it is so bizarre it's not good it's just bizarre <laughs> but it's I'm kind of game. like
0: extremely into that though like give me that I make it as weird as possible this game I, is- we,
1: we could sit here forever Brendan and you could guess what's going to happen and you will never be right <laughs> it is insane yeah it's great uh it's a great game it's very overlooked i think it's kind of uh it's like you said it's i mean the people who worked on it, i think there's someone who was prominently involved in resident evil as well like it's a lot of really talented people at capcom making a really solid rpg that both captures like what you want from an old school kind of like dragon age thing That also has, like, the Elder Scrolls freedom. It's a really, really fun amalgamation of, like, a lot of fantasy game stuff. The only thing that really kind of falls flat is the story. Mm. But it is, again, it gets so weird that... It at least, like, makes you remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that
0: sounds successful in its own way, you know? I'll just
1: say that, like, the seed is planted with the pawns because the pawns are like, we are not real people. We just look like people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is kind of bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can also, like, if your pawn gets hired by someone else, they come back with, like, items. If yeah. They, other people can be like, your pawn was pretty helpful. Thanks. Which yeah. Which is kind of strange. I've heard
0: about this, which is, it is very interesting.
1: The other thing, the only other thing I don't like about that game is that if you have like herbs or like food in your inventory, they go bad. I ju- I just <laughs> noticed that.
0: That's the thing I keep finding items that are like I just found cough drops and it was I was like why would I need cough drops in this game and I looked at the item description and it was literally like if your throat hurts, take yeah. these. It's like I have to worry about like
1: throat management in this yeah, game. Yeah, I, I was like in a really tough boss fight, and I was like, "Do I want to drink curdled milk or sour spinach?" Like, What's wrong, Arisen? I just drank really old milk, Bon. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta really pull your weight out there, buddy. I, uh, I gotta sit this one out. The idea of climbing a chimera right now makes me a little woozy. Yeah, I might have to. I can I can't
0: believe
1: this game is real. Like as I'm playing it, like I just.
0: I'm so enamored by it, and I honestly, like, I'm glad we talked about Cuphead in this episode because, like, this is the reason why I'm interrogating Cuphead so viscerally is because Dragon's Dogma is not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, but I am so, so deeply sucked into it that at any given moment, my choice is, do I want to be playing Cuphead or do I want to be playing Dragon's Dogma because I bought them both on the same day? And, like, man, does Dragon's Dogma... That's a fucking gravity well... In terms of yeah. in terms of gameplay, and Cuphead is so like just kind of straightforward. So what I found myself doing is playing Cuphead until I like, get frustrated, and then I switch over to Dragon Zogma, and then <laughs> and then I just hang out in the pawn room and just like look at weird names, and then I pull
1: them into my world. Another thing, you're I, I'm so glad you brought Dragon Dogma because I have not thought about this game in years. It's almost <laughs> as if it's not real. But there's a mission, there's like a really climactic and tough mission where you have to help an army. It's to help an army fight several battles in several locations. So like there are like. <laughs> Like you have to fight an army, fight like an ogre. There's like, yeah, you have to simultaneously like ready several trebuchets or some kind of artillery, yeah, and then fight an ogre. And if you fail, it just like in the story that army like died. They're just like, yeah, we, you, this is all your fault, and we lost the battle. How <laughs> is just, this like...
0: game real? <laughs> How it's is unreal. it possible that this is real <laughs> and is on the Nintendo Switch? Like. How the are dragon, we not all talking about I, this game always? I am like,
1: I am literally on the edge of my seat wanting to tell you what happens with the story because it is so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> the dragon's voice too, when he's not speaking, like the dead forgotten language is like, hello. Like he's very just... <laughs> <laughs> hello, I am a dragon. I'm here to help you fulfill your destiny.
0: So frequently I find myself like I I can't stop laughing at this game because Can I? It, doesn't, Sorry. it doesn't do the Elder Scrolls thing where like when you go talk to somebody it zooms in super close to their face and they're like, hello. Like it doesn't yeah. do that, which is a thing that you and I adore. But the yeah. fact that whenever I go into the pawn fucking negative zone and, <laughs>
1: and- <laughs> that's the episode title, by the <laughs> way
0: and i and i pick a bunch of names and i pull them into my world like when monique showed up i just i pick i picked a bunch of uh, mages based on the spells that they knew cuz i needed someone who could heal me and i picked yeah. a bunch of them and there were a bunch of mages and they all showed up and they were all dressed in like weird like fantastical ways and there was just one child amongst all of them amongst all these like big burly people and i went and talked to them and they were like hello <laughs> i was like <laughs> Of course, you're going to be on my team. You obviously are the choice. And it's those, like, they didn't build the game for that kind of comedy, but, like, that's the kind of, like, emergent shit that constantly happens in this game that is so funny. Can Always. I,
1: can I spoil one thing? One thing. Sure. This is not, sure, why this not? Is not the big thing. So, when you finally confront the dragon, mm-hmm. they're like, hello, Risen. You've done very well to get here. Yeah. And they're like, I offer you a choice that I offer every Risen. And they're like, the dragon basically says that they, the dragon will like go away and not harm any kingdom if you let them kill the love of your life. Now, throughout the game, there are several (laughs) love interests that the game uh, has. Yeah. So there's like, uh, there's like a prince, the the, duchess, the duchess of the hub world kingdom one of the one of the people who lives in like the harbor town. Yeah. But what the game doesn't tell you is that it keeps a hidden tally of just everyone you talk to. And often <laughs> who the game considers the love of your life is just whoever you talk to last, which is often the innkeeper. So <laughs> Just the, like, random-ass neutral innkeeper. So, like, suddenly the dragon's like, I will leave the kingdom forever if you don't mind me killing them. It's just, like, the innkeeper (laughs) who you sold a bunch of rotten carrots to. (laughs) And you can choose. You can either, like, let them die or fight the dragon. And what follows that fight, my friend, is bananas. And I highly recommend experiencing it. I... I don't even I don't even know what to say about this. Like it is it is an enigma. The f- I, that's I'm the, that's fa- the I'm tip dumbfounded. Of the iceberg. That is the tip of the iceberg. It is
0: Speechless. literally my job to sit here and speak into a microphone. I can't I can't I'm having like <laughs> I will never forget for as long as I play video games for the rest of my life. I will never forget the moment when I was five hours into this game using a rusty sword and a broken shield and wearing uh, wearing like a a shirt that's been ripped open by a dragon and thinking to myself, yeah, this is correct. This is how I should be playing this game. And then loading up like the giant bomb quick look from 2013 and then like five missions behind where I was fully decked out in armor with a new sword. And I was like, what?
1: Wait. What's, what's really funny too is that they make you work for armor. Like I was wearing literal denim for a lot of this game. <laughs> like. yes. 'Cause you go to the armor store and they're like, Well, we got jeans. Yeah. This is oh my god. I mean, like, it's the denim that like farmers would wear so like cows wouldn't bite their ankles. (laughs) But like (laughs) it's still very much denim. I was like in all den I was like a nineties overalls for a while. Yeah. That's kind of my look right now, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I feel like this is I I was so sucker punched by you bring up dragon stuff. I'm like, yeah, play that. And I'm like, this might be our thing. Like this is so (laughs) this is so funny. Uh I should I will definitely pick it up I and mean, we could talk about it again. Yeah. I would love to talk I, about it again
0: because there's no way I'm gonna stop playing this game anytime soon.
1: <laughs> well, one door closes, another one opens. Uh talking to you about Shinra and Cloud and Friends is closed. but talking to you about our pawns and the dragon who goes it's God. God. and like rips your heart out. <laughs> That's wide open, my friend.
0: <sighs> it's great. Dragon's Dogma is a game that I can't recommend highly enough because I don't know what the fuck it is, but I also what's, <laughs> I gotta keep what's, it.
1: What makes me laugh a lot is like the music in the game is all like orchestral fantasy stuff. Yeah. But the menu intro is like <laughs> electric <laughs> yes. guitar, like Brown, ooh, yeah, gotta follow your friends, gotta follow your heart that's been taken by a dragon, ooh, yeah. It's like, yeah. what is this? It's like very uh 80s metal, but it's more like *Devil May Cry*. If anything, yes, which you can see. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I feel like dizzy and winded. *Dragon's Dogma* on the Switch, you should pick it up, uh yeah. or just get it like real cheap for 360. Yeah. Or, or uh, a there's an you expansion. There's expansion. off. Yeah, there's an expansion called *The Dark Arisen*. That's that what I I this played. comes with. This oh, is really.
0: Yeah, it's a. It's when you look it up in the eShop, it is *Dragon's Dogma: Dark Arisen*. How much is it? I don't know. I think like twenty five or thirty.
1: All right, I'll I'll wait on it, but that will be my next purchase. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Get it. You want to wrap up? You want to wrap up? Yeah, let's I, wrap up. I I'm so glad you let me talk about the dragon's proposition. Yeah, that's hilarious. And the scene is because he has such a formal voice. He's like, "Hello, Ooh. I'm a dragon." <laughs> 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 it's the dumbest. This is the dumbest episode. Um, all right, we got to wrap up. Want to want to do? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Hello, Brendan. I have a proposition. If you like the show. Hello,
0: listeners. I am a dragon. (laughs) I would like to thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you to Uh, everyone who shares the podcast with others. Uh, If you like the show a bunch and you know somebody who you think would uh, also like it, maybe share it with them because that's how the show grows. We have a Twitter account. It's at IntoTheCast. We have a Twitch account. That's also into the cast. We haven't streamed anything in a while. Um, I talked last week about maybe streaming Enter the Gungeon. I think that those plans are maybe put aside while I play Dragon Zogma because I can't (laughs) not be playing Dragon Zogma during all my free time. But that said, we also have a Discord, which is very lively and cool. And there's over like 100 people in there now, which is amazing. Uh, You can find that by going to bit.ly slash TWG. Discord. Uh, that link is in the show notes. Just like a big thanks to everybody again who listens. Big thank you to AJ falari our producer, who has been turning this show into something wild, which is wonderful. So thank you to him as well.
1: Thank you, AJ. Yeah, and uh, just heavy, heavy echoing of all uh, Brendan the Dragon's sentiments there. Uh, well, Brendan the Dragon doesn't have the same ring as "Hello, I am a dragon." <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, but thanks for listening. We have a lot of fun doing this. Uh yeah. I hope you have a wonderful week. Hope you uh don't have any items in your inventory that go bad that you sell an innkeeper who will later be used as a bargaining chip in a dragon's scheme.
0: I do want to mention that there I think the I think when you pick up items that can spoil, there's like a degradation, right? So like it does I don't think it just goes from like you got this thing to this thing is spoiled. I think there's like tiers of it because I had Fresh meat, and then I had spoiled meat that was like rotten, and then there was like almost spoiled meat. And when I sold it, it was re like I got a lot of money for my almost spoiled meat, and it was like, like
1: Oh, this is perfect!
0: Yeah, it, it it was like it will restore a lot of stamina if you eat this right now. <laughs> um, but then there's spoiled <laughs> meat that I sold for like 10 gold.
1: Yeah, you sell a baker like slightly stale bread, like this is perfect for French toast. Yes, Baker's tip. I I think
0: that's how the game works. Anyway, that's that's video
1: games. That's another episode. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Have a good week, please. Goodbye. I am a dragon. You can fly away. Goodbye. (laughs)
0: Garbage dot online.